Well, hello there. It's been a while. Welcome to the Park Church Podcast. My name is James Lapine, and I'm your host. And I apologize for, uh, you know, the two-month or so silence from us. Uh, some things happened towards the end of the year. We ha- I thought I had an interview lined up that ended up falling through. Uh, and then with the holidays, things just kind of fell off my plate. So again, I apologize. It's good to be back here with you. Um, and I'm excited to announce uh, what we're kicking off here in 2018. We're going to take the next several months and talk with church planners, uh, talk with missionaries, talk with uh, folks who are doing campus ministry. These are all people that we partner with and support financially, and we're going to be having them on the show so that you can uh, better get to know the people who we are uh, sending money to, praying for, sending uh, people to, to go help uh, with the things that they're doing. And so this first month is going to kick off with a guy named Dan Murata. He's a church planter in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, He and his family launched a Redeemer Anglican Church in Richmond about 18 months ago. Uh, Dan and his wife Rachel lived in Denver for two years while he was at Denver Seminary getting his MDiv and they were members at Park Church and we were very sad to see them go but very excited about what God was calling them to. So I had him on the show this month to talk about uh, what they've been up to um, and how he um, determined this call from God on uh, his life and, and on his family's lives to go back to Virginia where they're from and to start this church in Richmond. So uh, you get to hear how he dis- how he discerned that calling, um, some of the biggest challenges that he's faced uh, since going back to Virginia, including what it's been like to navigate um, racial tensions in Virginia, especially coming out of Charlottesville and everything that happened in the summer of 2017. That's actually a pretty cool story, how they handled things there in Virginia. Um, But enough of me. I won't keep blabbering on. You want to listen to Dan and the stories that he has to tell. Uh, So yeah, here is Dan Murata from Redeemer Anglican Church in Richmond, Virginia. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining the show. No problem. James, thanks for making time to chat. Glad to be here. Happy, uh, Happy to have you. As I mentioned in the intro, we're hoping to do a lot of these interviews in 2018, just highlighting partnerships that we have with Uh, church planners like yourself, and then also with um, uh, missionaries and uh, campus ministry folks, uh, just introducing um, our members and and people who are familiar with Park Church to uh, all the great work that is happening in uh, this country and around the world. So yeah, excited to have you on as our first of hopefully many. Um, A lot of people at Park Church and abroad won't won't know Dan Murata. So uh, tell us who you are. Give us the... the, (laughs) Three to five minute Dan Murata story. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, first off, uh, I'm honored to be included. So thanks for, thanks for thinking of me. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, I uh, ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. Uh, her name is Rachel. Um, and uh, spent a little bit of time in youth ministry <clears throat> in Charlottesville. And uh, during that process, uh, got married, got a dog, had a kid, bought a house, and, and sort of realized that uh, this this calling to ministry was going to stick. This was a real thing, and and therefore we needed to to really explore it and take take it seriously. And so we moved our little family uh, from Virginia out to Denver, Colorado, where I did an MDiv at Denver Seminary. And it was while we were in Denver that we got plugged in with Park Church. Um, we we really only knew. 
like two people in the entire city of Denver before we moved, and they both happened to go to Park Church. Oh, wow. And so that seemed like a, a kind of an instant ready-made community for us, and so we jumped in, and, and we really loved it. And uh, we were only a part of uh, Park for two years, but they were really important years for us. I mean, as a family, we were in a process of discerning our sense of calling and vocation, trying to figure out where God would have us serve in the kingdom. And and the leadership of Park Church was gracious enough to walk with us through that season of life. Um, and so that really endeared Park Church to us. And so we, we even though we don't live in Denver or even in the state of Colorado anymore, we still think about Park Church a lot and, and uh, have very um, affectionate uh, and fond memories of our time there. So we left Denver in summer of 2014, and we moved to the D.C. area. And I had gotten an offer from a church there to come on staff as something they called a, a church planter in residence. And so they, uh, my goal of that position was to get me and get our family ready to move to Richmond, Virginia, and plant a church. <clears throat> and so we spent two years in the D.C. area prepping for that. And then in the summer of 16, we moved to Richmond, Virginia, and got to work planting Redeemer Anglican Church. And so we've been here for the past 18 months. The church is off the ground. It's growing and thriving. We're having a blast. I'm totally exhausted. Uh, my, my, in fact, my, my wife is, uh, is in her third trimester pregnant with our fourth child. And so um, between, uh, we affectionately call Redeemer our, our fifth child. So got a full family, a full household. Uh, often feel like we're just drowning, barely keeping our heads above water, but we're having a great time. Um, <laughs> glad to be doing what we're doing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, that's a, a common refrain among church planners, I think. <laughs> Exhausted and loving it. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. being um, from Virginia, maybe that played into your return there, but I, I'd love for you mm-hmm. to explain a little bit more about you know, people try to discern their vocation and their calling. They feel like um, they they want to hear specifically from God on exactly what they should be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just want to hear from you. What was that process like for you? Did you feel like you got that specific call? If so, how? Um, yeah, just talk me through that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's uh, certainly not a one-size-fits-all answer there. Um, you know, I think something that we all have to do is just kind of pay close attention to our own story and how has God spoken to us and led us in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways that uh, the Lord has, in his kindness to me, uh, led me over the years is when people that I really trust and respect in my life all start saying the same thing at the same time, mm-hmm. I kind of know it's time for me to sit up and pay attention. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and so you know, that's certainly not the only factor there. We were living in Denver. We we're, you know, working our way through seminary, praying uh, as a couple um, and with other friends about what was next, wondering if we should stay at Denver, wondering if we should. I mean, gosh, we had uh, there were lots of good opportunities on the table. We had a, even friends in, in Nicaragua who invited us to come and to um, pastor a church down in Nicaragua. And so I was, you know, sitting on my couch in Denver contemplating, can I learn how to preach in Spanish? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, everything was on the table. It felt like, you know, the whole world was wide open in front of us, but we just needed some direction. And in the midst of that, um, a number of things happened, and they all happened within about a month of each other. 
And, uh, and those things um, were these. One was we got a phone call from this church in the D.C. area, and evidently a friend of mine from, from college had ended up on their leadership team. And this church was in the process of, of wanting to hire a church planter in residence to send them. They had, this church had a heart for church planting. And my friend put my name forward, like without talking. <laughs> so, so I kind of I get a cold call from this church asking me if I would consider this position. Um, that happened uh, at the same time I was talking to some friends in Richmond, Virginia, who, in a joking slash not joking way, were kind of saying, "Hey, man, when are you guys going to move to Richmond and plant a church?" Hmm. Um, uh, at the same time, I was in the process of exploring this thing called the Anglican Communion, and uh, you know, I'm, for the record, I'm not a denominationalist. I have no interest in waving the banner of any particular denomination. Um, but we were just trying to figure out where we were going to serve in the kingdom, and it seemed like the Anglican shoe was going to fit, and. Uh, and so I didn't know really what Anglicans believed, but I knew that they had bishops. And so I just kind of Googled who was the bishop of the Anglican Church in Virginia. Yeah. And I uh, and I get on the phone with this guy, and um, and he and I have this uh, lovely conversation, very uh, warm, very encouraging. And he asked me this question. He said, "Okay, you know, Dan, you're thinking about church planting. You're thinking about, uh, you know, moving into this this thing called the Anglican tradition." Um, you know, if you were to plant a church, where, where do you think you'd want to go? And seeing as I was talking to a bishop, I tried to be really spiritual. You know, I figured, oh, gosh, you know, the, the right, the right answer would be, you know, you know, wherever God would, would call us, that's where we'd like to go. And he kind of like laughed and he was like, no, but, um, you know, tell me, tell me what you want. And after coming and hawing for a bit, I said, you know, I, our family really loves Virginia. We feel like that's a, a culture and a, a place, a corner of the world that we understand. We know what what the tempting idols are for people that live in that part of the world, and, and we 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 understand it. And we also know, I think, what is needed in ministry there. And I think we'd love to be in kind of the central Virginia area, maybe Richmond. Hmm. And there's this long pause on the other end of the phone, and then the guy starts laughing. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, I must have, you know, I must have really botched that answer. <laughs> that wasn't right. Um, and and Bishop John on the other end of the line catches his breath and kind of says, "Hey, would you believe we've got over a hundred people in our in our network who have been praying for a new church plant in Richmond for the past five years?" Oh my gosh. Um, and so, okay, so all of these things happen in the same month, and this is back in summer of 2013. And so it's felt like all at once, um, you know, I was going around jiggling different. Uh, to use a metaphor, jiggling different door handles, you know, is this, should we go to Nicaragua? Should we, you know, move and take this, you know, youth ministry position at a church in California, you know, kind of jiggling all these door handles. And all of a sudden, one of them opened and swung all the way open. We realized that there was something really intriguing on the other side. Hmm. Uh, And that's when, as a family, we just started taking steps towards that. And it seemed like the more we walked in that direction, the more we realized, oh, I think this is exactly what we need to do. Hmm. So... It, uh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly not going to be everybody's story. Uh, there's a lot of different right ways to discern God's will. But, yeah, the way it all came together was for us was um, really not us looking for it. It just um, a lot of important and respected people in our life just started. It seemed like all arrows were pointing us to Richmond. Right, right. That's cool. I, I had never heard that story. Um, and I th- I, there is something to just paying attention to what's happening around <laughs> you, right? Yeah, that's right. 
Um, okay, so you've been in Richmond for 18 months now. That That's wild. Mm-hmm. So that's five years ago that these seeds get planted. Now you've been there a year and a half. You're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what... What challenges have you faced and what uh, successes have you seen? Can you think of any big ones over the past year and a half? Mm. Uh, yeah, short, certainly no shortage of those. Um, <laughs> you know, for, yeah, I mean, church, church planting is, is such interesting work. Uh, I have a, a friend that uh, kind of likes to say that, you know, church planting is sort of sort of all, all the challenges of a nonprofit, all the challenges of a business startup and sort of all the challenges of a family, uh, all led by somebody who's trained in none of those things. Uh, so <laughs> um, I certainly feel out of my depth all the time. Uh, as far as specific challenges, I would say, um, you know, I, in, in some ways, our, one of our greatest challenges has also been an element of the church that I think our congregation enjoys and appreciates the most, um, but it just requires a lot of careful navigating, which is that uh, from day one, we've been a truly intergenerational church. Hmm. Um, there's uh, young singles, there's young couples, there's a lot of young families. I think we was like 40 kids under the age of seven. Hmm. Um and it seems like a new baby is born every month. And you're, you're uh, which contributing is, which to that wonderful. problem, yeah. yeah we're, we're trying. We're doing our best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then, but we've also there's also some some gray hair in the room, yeah. and um, and that has been something that I think has has actually been one of the strengths of the church that we're not a one note congregation. There's there's true generational diversity there. And we've enjoyed that, but that also means that we don't naturally understand each other. We don't naturally prefer the same things. We're not even really coming from the same cultures. And so I think that's challenged us from day one to have to do the hard work of really listening to each other mm. and and make and flexing with each other and making concessions to each other. Uh, I imagine some people would think that if you're the pastor of a church plant, you just kind of do everything the way you want to do it. And uh, that's just not true. <laughs> you are all the time you are, um, you know, flexing with the needs and desires and and particular passions and callings of the people that are there. Hmm. Um, and some of that might fit with the vision that you brought with you, and some of it might not. And um, it, that's both a challenge, but it's also been something that I think we've over the past eighteen months we've really enjoyed. Right. If you don't mind, uh, and I don't want you to divulge anything you don't want to, but is there an example of you having a vision for something and then having to flex on that vision? Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I mean, music is probably the obvious one I would imagine that many people would think of is that we have uh, everyone, we've got the full range. We have people that would prefer, you know, an organ and actual like bound hymnals. All the way to folks that would love to have a full band and, and smoke machines, right. and 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 literally and like and everything in between, and yeah. people who are like you know, classically trained jazz musicians, and you know people that are more on like the you know Sufjan Stevens like folk rock side, hmm. and so yeah, there's been a lot of of flexing with each other and listening, and and nobody gets everything they want. Yeah. Um, 
all of the metaphor that we often use is uh, worship at Redeemer is is kind of like going to th- a Thanksgiving meal at a relative's house. <laughs> there are some things on the table that that everybody's going to eat. Like we're all going to eat turkey, we're all going to eat mashed potatoes. But then there are some dishes on the table that are not really for you. Like yeah. it, they're there because Aunt Edna has always made this one dish that way. Right. And like it's tradition, and we're going to do it. Um, and then there's like mac and cheese on the table for the kids, even though that's not really a Thanksgiving food. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's just, that's, there's some of that flexing with each other. And yeah. so I, um, gosh, not to go overboard on the food metaphor, but, uh, I, you know, I think before planting Redeemer, I would have thought that the way this works is that you have a vision in mind for what you kind of want this, this church to be, what the mission is. And then you go like find the right people and you go do it. Yeah. And what I've realized it's actually more like is it's like being a chef and sort of having a vision in mind for like the kind of soup you want to make. Like mm-hmm. you're going to make clam chowder or something. Um, but then you don't get to pick your ingredients. And so like somebody else gives you, it's like, you know, it's like master chef, right? One of those challenges. Like someone mm-hmm. gives you these different ingredients and, and actually all you've got to work with is like, like asparagus and, and like oysters. And like you're trying to make clam chowder, but you don't have the right ingredients. So, so much of, of church planting I've realized is, is ministering to these specific people where they are right now. Yeah. And then thinking creatively about how we can help them grow in their faith in Christ. Hmm. That makes sense. I think from like what? <laughs> What's that? Sorry. So, and, and often that, that ends up looking nothing like what the original vision was. Right. Doesn't look like your clam chowder at the end of the day. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's sweet potato casserole, the stuff with the marshmallows on top. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not eating it. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Um, okay. Yeah. A- a- another challenge that I think is specific to Virginia, and we saw some of this in the news over the summer in Charlottesville, uh, mm. racial tensions were obviously very high. Um, mm-hmm. it, what does that look like in, in terms of navigating that for y'all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. Uh, you know, I don't know if everyone remembers their middle school history class, but you know, Richmond is the former capital of the Confederacy and it's a city that is still deeply divided in many ways. I mean, you can, you drive through neighborhoods in Richmond and there are still black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods. Yeah. And, um, the city itself is is not yet fully integrated, um, which might surprise some people who live in different parts of the country. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's real. And um, you know, when those events went down in Charlottesville, um, this became the thing that everybody was concerned about, praying about, talking about. I had a lot of one-on-one meetings with people within our church and even within the community who just wanted to know. Uh, how do we respond to this and what yeah. do we do? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I was tremendously grateful. We, we were still, I mean, in many ways we still are so young as a church that, um, we don't have a well-established leadership. We don't have a, a big staff. We don't have a, a lot of resources with which to respond. Hmm. Um, but there are some great networks in our city. And so one of the things that came out of this was a lot of pastors got together and we came up with, we drafted something called the Richmond Pastor's Statement. And if you go online, you can just Google richmondpastorsstatement.org. And it's a couple page document. And this became the, the unified response from over 600 pastors across the Metro Richmond area. Wow. 
and we got together at uh, a place called the, the Maggie Walker statue, which is in, in downtown Richmond. And it was an open press conference. The television cameras were there and together, uh, all of these pastors stood black pastors, white pastors, arm in arm with each other and, and read this statement out loud together hmm. and then prayed and then sang together. Wow. And it was one of those things where I was just grateful to be included. <laughs> um, I get chills. So it was, you know, get chills yeah, just hearing yeah. about that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I think, uh, that, I think that was a tremendous encouragement to our people. And I think, you know, it was one of those moments where, you know, you, you don't, you don't get many opportunities to see the church across a city unified together, hmm. but boy, it was just one of those uh, beautiful moments where in the midst of so much heartache and so much pain and a lot of people just being afraid to see the church across the city come together in a way that nobody was talking about, you know, denominational differences or, or anything else. It was really a, a demonstration that, that in Christ, we, we stand against things like white supremacy and, and racism and intolerance like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very encouraging to hear. And, um, if, uh, podcast listeners are wanting to read that, uh, statement, we'll be sure to link to it in the show notes. So you can visit parkchurchdenver.org slash podcast and you'll see uh Dan's picture and name there. Just click on the episode and you'll find a link to that there. Um, what else can we uh, link to or how else can people be supporting y'all and praying for y'all? Hmm. Yeah, gosh, thanks so much. Um, you know, uh, I think <laughs> uh, the, the greatest the greatest prayer request at this point would be if you could pray for, for wisdom for me and for the other leaders of our church. We we just have a lot of big decisions to make this year. Hmm. Um, uh, our our Church is growing, and and with that uh, comes a lot of um, fun, and a lot of enjoyment, and a lot of encouragement. I think uh, it's 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 a it's a really special thing to see a young church grow. However, um, as I'm sure many of you can imagine, that comes with it just a whole host of challenges. <laughs> and so we're you know we're hiring staff, we're electing leadership teams, we're um, really trying to. I mean the the old you know tired phrase like you're kind of building the plane as you fly it like i mean that's certainly it that is really what it feels like uh, we're trying to build all of this infrastructure just to kind of care for and keep up with the people um and so if you could pray for wisdom for me and for our other leaders that that we wouldn't rush ahead we wouldn't move too quickly and that we would build things to last hmm. and not just kind of quickly patch something together just to kind of make things work yeah I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's kind of the, the greatest need I'm feeling right now. Absolutely, yeah, laying a, a foundation. I would say just yeah. just do whatever you want to do. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the main takeaway here. <laughs> no, that's great. That's that's super important. I mean, you, you know me; I'm a big structures and uh, and systems guy. So I I imagine that that work is pretty all consuming for you right now. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely be praying for that. And, and you'll be out here this summer, June, right? I will. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We'll be at park over the weekend of June 10th, probably a few days before, probably a few days after. And yeah, um, it's on our calendar. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be good to catch up with everybody. And you're preaching. Is that right? 
that's what they tell me. So, yeah, if you're, you know, looking to go hiking for a weekend instead of coming to church, that would probably be the right, right weekend to do it. Yeah. June 10th. Okay, got it. I'll, I'll make sure I'm off that day. <laughs> Just kidding. We're, we're obviously very excited to have y'all out and um, appreciate the time. If people want to learn more about Redeemer, where do they do that? So, RedeemerRVA.org. All one word. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, oh, and before we, we sign off, we've got to do our rapid fire questions. I almost forgot. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, we'll shoot through these and then we'll call it good. Um, okay. Okay, favorite TV show, movie, and or book that you've watched or read recently? So, in the past, let's say, couple months. Okay, uh, let's see. I'm going to start with book. Uh was given a book for Christmas called The Fool of New York City by Michael O'Brien. It rocked my world. It's fantastic. Huh. It's uh it's it's it fits both of the best categories, which is books that like make you like you're like a better person for having read it, but yeah. also it's fun to read. Okay. And so yeah, people should check out The Fool of New York City, Michael O'Brien. TV shows, oh gosh, I don't have a creative answer there. The Office is always good. There yeah. was a meme I saw on Instagram the other day that had a, a picture of an exit ramp on an interstate, and going forward was watch a new show, and the exit ramp was watch The Office again. <laughs> and I think I always take that exit. We'll just watch it. That's great. Seen any yeah. good movies? Uh, you know, I, I did. I did go see the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I, I guess the, the, the purist in me uh, can understand the angst and the, all the reasons why people maybe weren't a fan of it. But, you know, I was thoroughly entertained and I hadn't been in a movie theater in like five years. So I was just <laughs> glad to be out. Tonight. So you didn't uh, see the one before it? Uh, not in the theaters. Oh, no. OK. OK. Yeah, I thought no, it was good, too. I, I think people <laughs> need to get over it. Ryan Johnson did a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. iPhone or Android? Uh, iPhone, for sure. Good. Glad to hear that. Uh, best <laughs> best meal that you've had recently? Best meal I've had recently. Um, clam chowder? Hmm. So, no, yeah, no, no <laughs> clam chowder. One of the things I will say, Richmond, Richmond is a foodie town, and I do, I do love that. There's a, uh, there's this old school, uh, great Southern Richmond restaurant called Terrence Cafe. And, uh, Rachel and I were given a gift card for Christmas there. We went out the other night, got a babysitter. And I had shrimp and grits and fried green tomatoes, oh. and man, it was it was so good. Oh man, I'm from Arkansas, <laughs> so anytime people bring up Southern food, I'm like, I miss it so much. Um, <laughs> it's a good. What What's the nerdiest thing that you're into right now? Like the thing that you kind of don't want to tell me that you're you're into. Mm. Oh, the nerdiest thing I'm into. I mean, man, I'm an Anglican priest. That's like really <laughs> that's really nerdy. Um, <laughs> So maybe what's the nerdiest theological book that, you, that you're reading right now? Um, mm, boy, I need, I need to, I'm like looking at my bookshelf right now. I need yeah. a better answer. To that. Uh, you know, I, I will say one of the things that I, that I do geek out on occasionally is, um, uh, you know, being, being that, uh, we, we are planting a church in this very ancient tradition, um, with that comes, um, there's just a lot of old stuff that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I find, I have a great time reading old, dusty books, kind of combing through these, these kind of ancient ways 
that men, men and women used to appropriate as they sought to follow Jesus in their day. And, uh, and I just have a great time looking through those, trying to figure out w- what of the best elements of this past can we bring into the present in a, maybe a fresh or a newer creative way. But that often means that I find myself sitting in a coffee shop reading a book, and, and I, I feel the need to like cover up the cover of the book because I don't <laughs> want people, the hipster baristas to, to give me a funny look here. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to do it, and, and you somehow are able to, so that's great. Um, <laughs> Okay, here's the last one, and I steal this from Tim Ferriss. He asks every guest, if you could put a billboard anywhere in the world, where would you put it, and what would it say? Ooh. My goodness, that's a good question. Um, boy, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah, um, I know. I think, uh, <laughs> golly. I, okay, I, I'm gonna. I, I, I really do love our city. I I've only lived in Richmond 18 months. I have totally fallen in love with this city, and and I think I think not enough people know about that. I don't think I don't think enough people know about how incredible the city of Richmond is. And so, Interstate 95 runs right down the middle of the city of Richmond, and and. Uh, people from DC, I think, drive right past it uh, on their way to vacation at the beach or something. And so I would love to put a giant billboard on I-95 that just says something like, hey, DC folks, Richmond's actually better than you think, or something like that. <laughs> Try the shrimp and grits. <laughs> something like that. There you go. That's good. That's good. That's a good on-the-spot answer. People have trouble with that one, so you're not alone. It's hard, man. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pinned to the wall here. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Dan, uh, thank you for the time. I know you have plenty to do, so uh, let's call it good, but appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, James, thanks so much. We, we love you guys. We love Park Church, and uh, we, we pray for you guys every week. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, that'll do it for this month's episode of the Park Church Podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Don't forget, we will post uh, links to everything that was mentioned on today's episode. Just visit parkchurchdenver.org slash podcast. There you'll see Dan's uh, name and face, and you can click on that to get into the page for this particular episode and find anything that uh, was of interest to you as we talked. As always, if you have a minute, hop into iTunes and rate and review us there to help other people find the show. Or you can just text a friend and say, hey, I thought this episode was really good. Or maybe you know somebody who lives in Charlottesville who is looking for a church or uh, whatever it is. If you found this helpful, we always appreciate you sharing. So do that. Okay? Thank you. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next month. Bye-bye.